0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former DON athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pot, everyone. Hope you had an amazing holiday. Cannot believe it's 2022. The years are just flying by. Although if I really think about it, 2020 feels like it was yesterday. I know 2020 triggered. And 2021 was kind of like its close cousin. I don't know. But 2022, I've got good vibes. I'm really feeling like it's an even year, It's our swift year in the world that's got to count for something, right? So this is going to be a great year. And we are kicking it off with an amazing guest, someone I am a huge fan of. He is awesome. He is known and loved by many people online. His name is Rod. Well, his full name is Rod Thill, but he's so iconic. I feel like he's got that like Oprah, Madonna star quality where I can just like say Rod. He's a one namer. Rod is a TikTok star with over 1.2 million followers and over 700,000 on Instagram. And he built this following on his all too relatable work from home memes and videos. And then he quickly expanded his niche to just relatable videos centered around life as a millennial, everyday mental health struggles. I kind of like to think of Rod's content as basically a mood pretty much every day of the week. You guys are in for a great one. Because we are going to be going all over the place today. Body image, anxiety, corporate world, friendships, imposter syndrome, buckle up. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to Paige, who left a five-star review saying, RealPod is my favorite podcast. It is so real without being too heavy. I love Victoria's genuine nature and the knowledgeable and unique guests she has on. I'm always learning and super entertained. Paige, I appreciate this. I'm so grateful you're enjoying the show. And I love that you said it's real without being too heavy, because that's something that is important to me, right? How can we have these conversations about depression and eating disorders and life and failure, but not feel like it's draining us, right? Or that it always has to be like negative and intense. I just want to make these conversations normal, fun, energetic. I want you guys to feel okay in what you're going through. And I'm grateful that you guys come here each week and trust me and my guests with these conversations. So thank you so much, Paige. If any of you are enjoying the show, you want to leave me a review, let me know what you're thinking. Head over to iTunes. It takes just a few seconds. It really helps out the show and you just might be the special shout out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to RealPod wherever you listen so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday when we bring you a brand new episode. If I do say so myself, the month of January will be lit. So make sure you're subscribed. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Rod. Hey, okay, Rod, don't hate me. Okay. But in doing my research for this podcast today, <laughs> I discovered something horrible about myself.
1: Well, oh, about yourself? I thought you were going to say about me. No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> you're like about to leave. No, about myself. Okay, let's hear it. I am a Gen Zer. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I was born in 97.
1: That's like a gray area.
0: Thank you. Okay, thank you. So you want
1: to claim the other side.
0: I, I, would okay. be, I want to be millennial. Of yes, course. Okay, because
1: okay. mostly it's the opposite where people are like, no, I am Gen Z. I'm like, you think you are. <laughs> I w- no, I think when you're that gray area, it's whatever you want to be.
0: You okay, know. great. Mm-hmm. Well, I have I that. have now permission from the millennial king himself. Yeah. You bring
1: a Britney Spears t-shirt. So yes. I, think.
0: <laughs> I wore it for you. So <laughs> I'm you. so excited to yeah. kind of just sit down with you finally. Like, I want your whole life story. You're mm-hmm. from Chicago, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, from Chicago. Did you know I was born there? No. Yes. Oh my gosh, where at?
0: Um, What's the hospital right by the Ritz-Carlton? Well, like, no. How <laughs> horrible does
1: oh, that sound? Northwestern. But- yes. Yeah, okay, so you were born downtown. Did you live? Downtown? No, okay. so
0: my mom was born and raised in Park Ridge.
1: Oh my gosh, wow.
0: Went to Maine South. <laughs> Okay. Are these ringing a bell?
1: Yes. Where yep. are you from? I'm from Naperville. So like, oh
0: my gosh. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Natalie has. You guys were probably going to say Natalie a million yeah. times. Yeah. Corporate Natalie. Corporate Natalie <laughs> has a, has Shout out to a Natalie. million friends from Naperville, so I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Close yeah. quarters. Because you and Natalie went to college together.
0: Uh, high school. Or high school. We go way, 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 way back.
1: back. Okay. Wow. Um.
0: Yes. We go back into some some dark That's, childhood. That days. is
1: literally dark. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's like angst.
0: It is. It is when literally it all angst.
1: Started. Yeah.
0: Um. So speaking of childhood, obviously something mm-hmm. that you are a big advocate for is mental health mm-hmm. and you're so transparent, which I love that. Mm-hmm. I just have to say yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't like what you found your path on. That was just something that it seems like you were like, oh, cool. I've made this name for myself and I do this thing and I'm going to make mental health a part of it, mm-hmm. which I love. Thank you. So when did that first start showing up for you in your life?
1: Yeah, I think that So I, this platform kind of just hopped out of nowhere. It was just like, oh, you know what? Like, let's just keep making TikToks and then keep growing. And then it was when I got to a certain point. I've always said, if I have a platform, I want to speak my truth and speak for people who can't speak. You know, and so with that, it's men's mental health was just really important to me because I know a lot of men out there go through the same thing with me with toxic masculinity and dealing with with their coworkers who just like call them a failure because they aren't as successful as them. You know, when they're just doing their best. All that to say, I got to a point where I realized I'm like, I have this platform. And I was so hyper focused on growth, which I'm sure you can relate to. It's especially with algorithm based, you know, TikTok, Instagram. You want to keep growing because that's what you're doing. But then you get to a certain point where you're like, well, I have these people already. So why not just, you know, speak my truth, be myself? And then that in turn put me in a better mental health spot too, because I wasn't overthinking. But yeah, I've always said if I have a platform, I want to use it. So
0: it's so true that when it. you speak it out, you're like, making it less scary, mm-hmm. right? With anxiety, it's this like, oh my god, do people think I'm not smart enough or I'm I'm this or I'm that. I one time spoke at Harvard, mm-hmm. which I know how that oh my, sounds. No, it's amazing. Sorry wow. to drop that no, bomb. No,
1: literally. But I'm going to give great. a good yeah.
0: example here mm-hmm. to your point is I remember feeling like, oh my god, what are they going to learn from me? I'm like, you guys want to hear me say something? And I literally opened with my imposter syndrome. I was like, to be honest, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to tell you guys. You don't know. Yeah. And then I just felt like this release of, okay, I've revealed my secret imposter fear that I'm not smart enough to be here. And now I can like take a deep breath and step into my truth right now. Mm-hmm. So I love that.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Did you deal with anxiety as a kid? Like, Has this always been something present for you?
1: Yeah, I wasn't diagnosed because I know we just talked about age, right? where you were born in 97, mm-hmm. I was born in 90, so I'm a little bit on the, like, middle millennial, and therapy was, like, a buzzword. Therapy was not something that we openly talked about. It was a shame if you go to therapy. It was almost synonymous with, like, getting admitted, you know, going to therapy. So, didn't really talk about it, didn't talk about my anxiety, and then I think I bottled so much up that it just, you know, kind of turned into something that was a monster, you know, inside me that I I – didn't know how to process, didn't know how to communicate with. And I don't blame my parents because they didn't know better. Because, you know, especially being a man with in society at that time, you were just told to not talk about your feelings. And so then once I started talking about my feelings more openly with this platform is when I really started to be open. I've been going to therapy for years. But I did see people like, oh, my gosh. Like, either women are like, oh, how do I get my boyfriend to go to therapy? And it's like, okay, well, it has to be natural. All right, it has to be something you can't force him into. But um, Or men just saying, thank you. You're like speaking for me or even my coworkers that I was working with at the time were like, "Oh, you, everything you post I relate to." And I'm like, that's shocking to me because you're the people I think are like the toxic masculinity and all that. So it was it's crazy to see the the differences in anxiety in each person.
0: And the way that mental health is stigmatized in different mm-hmm. environments. I think the corporate environment, it is so stigmatized mm-hmm. on a on a in its own level. Like I come from obviously, I would say the athlete environment where mm-hmm. there was a, a unique stigma as well. But even my dad who works at company I mean I, I should know what he does but he's like CEO and he's <laughs> a, some company you know classic sure. my dad does something yeah, and I've yeah. never really asked so, oh, about
1: well, it yeah <laughs> like, like I went to his office once you yeah know.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> I went to the office and I got a lollipop um he has anxiety oh. and he meditates and he I mean it's a big part of his life his anxiety and I just see it from being his daughter and I think how you just can't talk about it in the same way in a corporate world even my friends who I'm like this is like their paid time off or it's like their mental health week or something and they're like being worked overtime or they're being called to come in on things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is not okay.
1: No, no, not at all. It's And it is, that's one thing that I have been doing too is speaking up for like more corporate life, you know? And I just did something with LinkedIn and the craziest thing is just companies don't even see a need for a mental health day. Like, well, we have the paid sick days. It's like, okay, but what happens when you run out of that and you're burnt out? You know, I, I just don't think that... It's almost just like the, I think it's a generational thing where it's like, oh, just fix it, you know, like, just don't think about it. Oh, okay. Easier said than done. And I think that's kind of the the problem with the system in the corporate world is that these, this older generation wasn't taught the same way, you know, it's a generational thing, but they feel the need to work hard, play hard and work to, you know, literally they're gone because that's what they're teaching us to do, you know, and so then we're not getting promotions. We're getting burnt out because we're being run to the ground while they're just, you know, doing their thing. So
0: honestly, it praises that like no excuses, Mm -hmm. no days off culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the person who's going to get the promotion, going to become the CEO, going to climb the ladder is the one who is literally never stopping.
1: Yep. And that creates this like false goal, you know, because not everyone can do that. Not everyone can work through the weekend. You know, and it's it's kind of a joke in the corporate world. But I feel like that's one thing that quarantine did as well as like these jokes that we have about the corporate world, people started making them real. You know, it's like, wait, no, we should actually talk about this. So com- there I've seen companies like, don't work on the weekend because you're setting the wrong expectations for your co-workers. You I know? love that. That's yeah. great. Yeah.
0: Now, obviously, we've been talking about the stigma. So mm-hmm. how did you work through it in your mind? Like that first therapy appointment, mm-hmm. describe it.
1: Yeah. Well, so therapy, I actually... I've been through three therapists in the past six years, which is normal. I, at first I was like, oh my God, like th- th- this therapist. It's like me. dating. Yeah. no? Yeah, literally. And they're like, they're like, no, it's just like, honestly, I think that we've reached what we can and, you know, it's time to move on. So I usually go like through three rounds with different people, but each first therapy appointment that I've done is just, you know, the very first one, I guess we'll go into, you feel as guard. You're like, oh, I'm, you know, like you do with people, you know, everything that you're ashamed of is what you're talking about in therapy, right? So it was really difficult at the time to open up you know because it was my first therapy appointment and it was just you know me talking about things that I needed knew I needed to talk about And I even walked into it expecting to talk about those things and then the therapist could tell obviously because I'm sure they run into it all the time and so he's like this he's he told me he's like you're paying me for this you know that right and so then that's when I'm like <laughs> all right and so I like, just like jumped in you know, yeah literally so
0: and also in that first therapy appointment at least for me there's a Utter disbelief and like shock and almost because of the stigma, like I don't want to say disappointment, but I had this feeling of I cannot believe I am here. I cannot believe I'm sitting in this room. That I wasn't strong enough. That I couldn't work through it myself. Like I had such this complex of I get things done. I'm the best. I figure it out.
1: Especially being an athlete too, right? You have this exactly natural competitiveness. We all have competitiveness, but sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So
0: sitting in that room, it was more of like I. It's tough for me to find the words the first appointment because I was just crying. Like, mm-hmm. I have hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and I just can't even believe that I'm here.
1: Yep. Literally. Yeah. That's what it was for me, too, is like a rock bottom moment. And I know people who have gone to therapy, just like, oh, you know what? I'm doing okay. But, and they, they go just, you know, for their mental health. But it was kind of like the, a last straw, it felt like at first. But now I'm like, I'm so disheartened that I didn't go sooner, you know, because I could have avoided this rock bottom. A thousand percent. That's the
0: thing, too. I always talk to people about is they feel like they need to like deserve or earn. Like, I have to be diagnosed with depression Mm -hmm. to earn therapy. No. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, therapy isn't accessible for everyone, which is something that I know we're all trying to bring attention to and, and to fix. If someone can go you don't need to wait till you're at rock bottom. Like you can go and there's always something to talk about, to unpack. You don't have to be crying. It doesn't have to be a sad experience. Sometimes I leave therapy feeling on top of the world. Like I just had this amazing breakthrough, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I walk away and I feel the first couple of times where I felt like I didn't have a breakthrough, I was like, this is a waste of money. But then I just understand it's like, no, it's every week is different, you know?
0: Today's episode is sponsored by a product that I use literally every day, not only every day, specifically every single morning. I started taking Athletic Greens because Max actually got me hooked on it. And I was like, what is this green juice you're drinking in the morning? I want some. And now I've been taking it for months and I absolutely love it. Just one tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic greens, superfood blend, and more in just one convenient daily serving. Like literally, I got it from my dad for Christmas and I told him, you take a scoop, put it in a cup of water, mix it, drink it. That's it. And this special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients in that scoop work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, support energy and focus and aid with gut health and digestion overall supporting a healthy immune system. It effectively replaces multiple products, pills, all that jazz with just one delicious drink. Also, one of my favorite parts about Athletic Greens is their message. This is just a way to help any people in any body, in any lifestyle, Obtain important nutrients in a really fast, efficient, and easy way. It costs pretty much less than three dollars a day if you do the math, which is a total steal, in my opinion. And if you go to athleticgreens.com/slash realpod, again, that's athleticgreens.com slash realpod. They will know you listen to it on this podcast and give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. The travel packs are clutch. I brought them with me to Seattle for Christmas. So right now, you can arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu season, with just one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every single morning. That's it. Visit athleticgreens.com slash realpod to get your supply of AG1 today. So when did you have that mindset switch of, oh, I'm learning things and I'm getting tools and I'm understanding myself better? And then that stigma started to fade.
1: Yeah, I think it was in therapy. It was when I, my therapist, because I'm such a people pleaser. And I'll say yes to like three things in one night just because I'm like, okay, I feel like I have to, but then in turn, I just hurt two other people because I can only go to one thing. But it was more when I realized that I have to prioritize myself before I can prioritize anyone else. Right. Mm. So communication, right. I was just having to learn to communicate so many different ways. If someone was mad that I wasn't texting back fast enough, you know, or that I wasn't returning their call fast enough, I would get stressed and that would give me anxiety. But then I realized, like, no, like this is what this is my life you know this is my phone so i'm gonna get back to you when i can get back to you um so the expectations that others had of me i feel like when my therapist was like no you need to break that down because you need to prioritize yourself first was when i was truly able to like see-through new lens.
0: The phone thing is so interesting. And I think everyone can relate Mm -hmm. because we have this device that everyone knows it's within a foot of you at Mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. So technically, if you don't text someone back, especially for us, I can't text everyone back who texts me during the day. I will never get anything done, Mm -hmm. but I have to post. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. And so people see, oh, you're posting and you couldn't just send me a text back.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the nothing worse than Getting a double text after you post on, I'm like, what I posted on my story was literally like a quick moment. You texted me four paragraphs, <laughs> like they're not the same (laughs)
0: right the emotional energy it takes to Mm -hmm. sit down and like read the response then send the answer that's why
1: I love voice memos I do I'm a big voice memo person maybe it's like boomer energy no I love it too okay good I'm like if if I get a like a four paragraph thing I'm like walking and reading I'm like you know what no and then just like do it
0: yeah I love that I'm the same way too almost to where it's annoying I'm holding the thing down like um so and I'm like remembering what I I was supposed to say Mm mm-hmm The first time we actually came in contact was on TikTok. Mm -hmm. It was via DM. Yeah. You said something to me about like, how are we going to create positive body image for everyone and like stop the bullying and the body shaming? And that was an amazing DM to receive Mm -hmm. from you. Also, once again, because you're a guy Mm -hmm. and usually people don't associate body image and struggles Mm -hmm. with food with men. But I know that that's been something you've navigated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really wanted to talk about this today too. So this is great. But yeah, it's, a little bit about my story there physically is um i was overweight medically like whatever i don't know how to say it now but i was i was obese medically and i was like 350 pounds until 2014 and which was 24 years of my life and then i went through a breakup and it wasn't like we dated for four months it wasn't anything that like i was attached to like we didn't love each other but I, in my head, I'm like, she broke up with me because of that. And then I remember sitting on my couch and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go walk on the treadmill. And I just started walking on the treadmill and then I started running on the treadmill and then I started lifting weights and eating better. And then I did create a really unhealthy relationship with it where I lost 170 pounds in six months. which is crazy. So my body dysmorphia went from like one side to the other because I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't prioritize like my mental health when i was doing that and so then i was you know just keeping up with it and then i found a really healthy relationship with food i feel like in in my exercise routine you know i was like having to go if i didn't have one day if i had one day of not working out i would like spiral i would look in the mirror and i would see the same person that i saw eight months ago but now i feel like i have a pretty healthy relationship with it all yeah
0: It was interesting to me when you said you don't know what the breakup was for. Mm -hmm. Maybe you knew it wasn't this, but you thought it was because Mm -hmm. of your body. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In preparation to talk to you, I wanted to ask about like growing up or being in high school, adulthood. What was the message to you as a man about what you were supposed to look like? Because as women, it's easy for us to say the magazines, the media, the beauty standard. Mm -hmm. I want to know what the conditioning was for you.
1: Yeah, it was. I think it was it wasn't even an image. It was what you did. If I didn't play a sport, I wasn't active, you know? And so I was like, felt pressured to play a sport. and like, but I hate sports. But, you know, so all that to athletes are a big one, you know, um, which are, they're, they work hard and not discounting that. But for me, it was, you know, that, that's who you're looking at because my whole life, I don't like sports, but my whole life, I pretended to like sports because that was how I fit in and that's how I didn't get bullied. So I would be watching these football games and all I see is just like, all right, well, they're, fitter than me and I'll never look like that and I'll never be able to play a sport like that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And
1: if you look at the popular kids, usually the popular kids in high school back when I was growing up, I don't know about you, were people that looked like those athletes, you know, or who were actually athletes.
0: It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I well, I haven't been, obviously we haven't been yeah, to high school yeah, for a while, yeah, but yeah. you wonder if now there's like an uprise in like the theater kids mm-hmm. and the singers and the, you know. There's,
1: um, I think it was 21 Jump Street, the new one with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum and the popular kids weren't um, that exactly that like I think the the popular kid was like someone who was bi and like it was just like it's so refreshing because they were coming, I freaking the whole, love it the whole concept was them going back to high school and they like went to high school when I was in high school but then they went back and they're like oh my gosh everything is so different because Ch- they were expecting Channing Tatum to be the popular kid but he wasn't. He was... Was it the, Jonah Hill? Yeah. yeah. Jonah Hill was Iconic. the, Jonah was the popular kid. Iconic. Because Channing Tatum was the athlete. And Channing Tatum played football. They're like, we don't care about football. <laughs> Which is so <laughs> I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm.
0: I never thought about that before. Yeah. The pressure on men to like be obsessed with sports culture. And that is so true. The way that the movies and stuff had kind of sculpted, this is what a popular guy is. And these are the popular kids. Yeah. And so there's that pressure to like it. And you mentioned the word bullying. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was that like?
1: Oh my gosh. It was, it was, uh, bullying for me was such an interesting thing because there were, a lot of it ended up being in my head, but then pushed me to act certain ways around people, like to overthink and just to push even more and annoy and all this stuff that people would, I wasn't physically bullied, but I was really emotionally bullied. People like would be nice to my face and then just spread rumors behind my back and it it was a really different experience than what you hear from most men getting bullied i feel like with like is from at least from what pop culture shows is just like you know fights and you know just like getting thrown in a locker i was six foot five no one's throwing me in a locker right (laughs) so i think people were just also afraid to mess with me for that reason but yeah it was my weight mostly you know people like be like oh yeah a slice of pizza for lunch Smart Rod, you know, and stuff like that. And so just, like, Damn. little things that keep piling up on you and those things that you think about even years later that just sit on your back. People leaving mean comments on my MySpace pictures and Facebook pictures. And yeah. Oh,
0: it's So hateful. Yeah,
1: exactly. So there was a point where I even I, I got off and just didn't do any of it. Um, and then I was a theater kid, too, so that was really difficult, you know, because I enjoyed it. But um, Acting yeah, or singing or both. everything. Yeah, He's yeah, a triple threat. Yeah, triple threat. He's <laughs> a <laughs> triple threat, people. <laughs> and then I... um. I actually stopped doing that because I was getting bullied too, and I'm like, that's the one thing I like. People are like, why are you doing that? But then I would, I'm like, I don't like sports, and like, so it was just, it was, it was a really rough time, a really dark time in my life. I haven't really talked openly about specifically that well this ever. is real yeah. pod Rad. yeah this so is real pod it's yeah. the time yeah
0: <laughs> anything else you yeah. want to say
1: you just met katie kirk and so now you probably have like pulling everything out yeah it's <laughs> so true though yeah. like why was she so inspiring yeah. for me <laughs> that's so great yeah.
0: um not to totally zoom out and make yeah. this like so philosophical but mm, let's do it the way in which at a young age you really get this clear message that you have to act and be a certain way and then we slowly are not ourselves anymore, mm-hmm. and then as adults, it's like we wonder why we're depressed and we're unhappy and we don't like our friends and we don't like our job because we've been conforming to this message that we have to do all these things, and then it's like as an adult, our we spend so much time working to mm-hmm. become ourselves mm-hmm. again.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah. we we want to find our new self too, right? And but it's not our new self; it's who you always were. But it's you. I think, and the, even there's just more of an open mind right now, which I truly appreciate, and I'm so grateful for the next generation to experience that. But I feel like I'm kind of growing up again, you know, into this new person that I am.
0: Love that. So how does your former like imposter syndrome or the anxiety around wanting people to like you, how does that play a role now in you trying to be yourself?
1: I think it's crazy because I'm re-meeting, like I'm like kind of making all new friends like you, you know, and it, that's what's crazy. I opened up to for our first DM, like I, I was actually thinking about mentioning this today, but with the internet, it's weird. It's, fast friends sim even faster just because we see so much of each other's lives and we're so real so you know true. like you, you're like you, i know it we're good you talk a, like your whole thing is talking about probably people's biggest insecurity and that's their body and you're helping people feel good about their bodies and, and but so people feel a level of trust right so i think for me that's what i'm kind of going through now is like okay like who i'm kind of like sussing out you know like i don't want to i've been burned by friends in the past and i, I don't want to throw too much into these relationships but i'm like I'm making new friends. And that's that's my biggest anxiety lately. Really, is like, am I truly making friends? Am I annoying people by DMing them too much?
0: Or know? are they being nice to you for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. Does that creep in? Oh
1: my God. Every single time. Because there has been, it's, it's a new industry, right? I you like say the industry. If but, they
0: ask you for a TikTok in the first hour, you're like, said yes. to me. <laughs> do I say, do I
1: say, say, if we, I, I said, I, one of my really good friends, Nameless James on TikTok, we are both in Chicago. And he and I had gotten a beer once and we just started hanging out. We hung out. We would talk to each other all the time. We would talk about TikTok and like just like bounce ideas off each other in this. And then one time we were hanging out, it was like six months later. And one of my best friends now, and he's like, Should we make a TikTok? And I'm like, Oh, maybe. And that's literally how we made our first TikTok. <laughs> but then there's people like who DM out of the blue and they're like, Let's collab. That's like how they open. It. And I'm like, Mm. No. Like you no <laughs> offense but you're like a doctor doing medical sur- sutures and like right. what what am I going to do? I always <laughs> think
0: that's fascinating. Like you ha- how does some people lack the self-awareness mm-hmm. when they reach out to collab? The amount of people who are like let's do let's go live on IG together and talk about this and I'm like I'm like you have to have a, like a business cap on mm-hmm. like what's the ad? Like I know the value I'm going to add to you if yeah. we do this together but what's it's not reciprocated. And yep. so you just I would just never ask someone for something if I didn't think it was really beneficial,
1: beneficial for them yep yep my i actually went live on instagram for the first time last week
0: how did it um, go it, went fine. I it missed was fine It was yeah it's
1: with jed foundation oh, um cool. every tuesday i'm doing it so oh i love um that. I'm, i love jed foundation because they're like kind of what i said earlier is they're giving what the what we didn't have to the next generations like resources for mental health for for youth because we, we had pamphlets in our guidance counselor's office like just don't think about it you know like those cheesy pamphlets remember did you watch glee yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that when you walked into what's her face's office and she had like those cheesy, you know, pamphlets that she would hand people. Oh, that the really redhead. Speci- yeah, that were really specific. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh we had a guidance counselor just like that who was just like, "Well, here's this," and it's like. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what do I do with the paper? Thank you. I'm just sitting there reading it. Openly in my class, it's like, so you're thinking about… Right. (laughs) Everyone hates you. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) you don't think
0: this is funny? When I was coming out of my binge eating disorder, my Mm. mom got me a book, and the title was Breaking Free from Emotional Eating.
1: So you just like on the bus. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: literally. I'm like, so I'm just going to, I'm like mortified. Oh you're the only person I've told and I'm supposed to open this book about how I'm a compulsive eater. Yeah, I duct tape the cover.
1: Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> or get one of those like book covers or like, paper bag yeah, yeah people
0: were like why does your book have duct tape I don't mm-hmm. even know what my excuse was I think I was like <laughs> I, I was falling to
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's falling apart Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just clear. it's fiction yeah. <laughs> that's hysterical
0: um, so with social media what do you think and this is a selfish mm-hmm. question what is like the hardest thing for you to navigate with the whole animal that is social media because I have a million things I'm struggling with and I'm like tell me you struggle too
1: oh I struggle with everything like I said virality is like a, like if you see your engagement dip or whatever you're like this is it I'm done you know Um, and it's like even if you are done like who cares but I think for me too it's the perceived being perceived like you compare you compare yourself so much in so many different levels to people like there's people that I love that I'm like I'm obsessed with Benny Drama and he's such a nice human I actually was able to meet him last time I was in LA and he is literally an angel but I look at his posts and I'm like oh god like that's what I have to match my aesthetic to is Benny Drama like Benny Drama and I are not the same person at all we have different audiences so then I get in my head, like, comparing in that way. So I think comparison is, like, the hardest thing. Or comparing your engagement to others, you know? It's like, why is this person going viral and I'm not and all this stuff? And it's just, like, uh, no one prepares you for it. No one prepares you for it. But one of my friends, Jera, um, said she, like, actually is a TikTok consultant. Jera Bean? Yeah, I love her. She's amazing. But she, when I first started going viral, she posted, like, who? Like, she's, like, you. People, prob- people are going viral right now. They're probably looking at these numbers and as they dip – you're seeing a lower number. But what you have to focus on is that number. So let's say you're getting 2 million views, you get a post with 300,000 views. That is literally 300,000 people still seeing the content you're putting out.
0: And even if we bring it down, like the fact that a hundred people would like an Instagram or download a podcast, mm-hmm. like it's a hundred humans. And I think I really try to, to stray from the word follower. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think like the community, the people who support me, yep. who are watching because- I call them
1: coworkers sometimes. <laughs> I love
0: that. Oh my God, that's cute. Yeah. I don't have a cool name for, yeah.
1: for, for, for,
0: for my community. Guys, we yeah. need one.
1: The real people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the RPs. Yeah.
1: The RPs, yeah.
0: That's so funny. That's wild. So when that comparison comes up for you, like, what's the inner dialogue like to navigate out of that?
1: My success does not affect, affect their success and vice versa.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: My success is not affected by their success. There's room at the top for everyone. And we have diff- We all have different paths. I actually think I'm a big Marvel person. Yeah. I I'm do. just getting into it. Oh, good. Amazing. I'm Wait. like
0: in chronological order with my dad.
1: Okay, good. So there's this thing, uh, the last movie they talk about a lot of the timeline, right? So if the, with the Infinity Stones, something changes out the timeline. It changes the course of everything. Um, but there's all these different timelines that people have. And there's like one end goal for each timeline. So it's like, why am I going to worry about someone else's timeline? Because that will only affect their timeline and my own. Yeah. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And you know what else? It circles back. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Cir- Did you circle back? I
0: literally just said circle back.
1: It's okay. A-, a little trigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it circles back to our point about being yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no need to feel threatened by others when you are really being unique and individual because there's no one who is like you. Mm-hmm. I think when we fall into this complex of I need to I need to look this exact way, mm-hmm. of course, we're never gonna feel good enough because everyone's looking this way and we're never gonna look like someone else. So when you really are like, this is what I bring to the table, this is me, everyone has something that is their one up or not one up because it's not a competition, but mm-hmm. that does put them in their own lane.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, a piece of advice I got um, on one of the events I just went to, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. And I'm like, I can't, like, why did they choose me for this? And then the person I was being with said, stop that. It's like, you deserve this. Tell yourself right now, you deserve this. And I was like, I deserve this. And I'm like, I'd never told myself that before. It's always just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. So uh, like you always almost want to self-deprecate in the moment. Like if someone's like, okay, like you're blowing up or congrats on your year. And it's like, oh, you, like just TikTok. It's like, no, but you're working hard to do it. You know, like you're, putting your entire self out there you're coming up with concepts that don't are not easy you know how long does it take you to research to explain to your boyfriend Taylor well I don't know how much research you have to do for it you probably <laughs> actually know actually for that, that like yeah. sadly yeah. no, <laughs> no, no I
0: feel yeah. like I'm cheating the system with those because yeah. it is literally just filming a moment that would have happened otherwise yeah I
1: love it yeah you're like okay <laughs> so here we go oh my god your fiance now I said boyfriend right just congrats on that thank um, you but yeah. So that that's another thing that I've been kind of going through internally. I know that didn't answer your question, but that's, no, it did. that's been really helpful. So
0: here's like, you know, here's yeah. the right, here's the right hook. Yeah. How do you manage feeling worthy and acknowledging you deserve something, mm-hmm. but not let it get to your head mm-hmm. that you become a different person?
1: Yep. I think it's in the moment, you know, just when I'm, I am somewhere just, and I think it's reflecting on the hard work I did. Not like, oh, well, what's next? Cause I did this, you know, that's that's how I how I humble myself. So for example, like I did this red carpet event for a movie, which was literally my dream. I want to do hosting it's opportunities. It's casual. And like, you yeah,
0: interviewed Zendaya. Yeah, and
1: she's such an angel too. But um, I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, yeah, I deserve this. I've worked hard. This is, I've, you know, thought what can I do to get here? But if this is it, this is, I need to take everything in. Because if you think about what's next, you're not going to take in the current moment. So if you think about what's next too, that's not going to, that's going to create a bigger head for you, create a larger ego, and then when you don't reach that, you're going to be highly disappointed. You know.
0: It reminds me of my favorite quote I heard from Dr. Michael Gervais, who I've had on the show. He's amazing. I'll send you a stuff, yeah, and please. he said, "There are no big moments in life, mm-hmm. only this moment."
1: Mm, wow, love that.
0: I know. That's, that's, I'm not even that that gonna add can, analysis. That, that's
1: literally that's what I was trying to that <laughs> how I was trying to put towards you. Put it towards. That's great.
0: So, yeah. do you think about goal setting? Like, because you're trying to be present. I mean, how do how do you manage that? Because the thing about content in this world is the follower, like the limit does not exist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I could quote Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could just forever. Look keep at Charlie throwing. D'Amelio,
1: It is a hundred million. Like that's, what? That's like a tenth, of, not a tenth of the population. How many <laughs> billions of people are in the world? But still, but still, it, that's a it's lot of people. World. Yeah, it's a it's world. world online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't goal set. I do think about like things that I want to do. And I'm learning like this has been a year, you know, like, and I was, you know, when I was in my corporate job that I was my last one, I'm still working a different job now. But I was writing down, you know, like goals for the day, you know, like to do list, like, oh, reach out to this many people and sales, you know, so it's like all about goals. But now I am realizing, okay, someone asked me the other day, like, what do you want to do in three years? And I'm like, I don't know, because I would—I didn't even think I would like, be here. I forgot a what I had for breakfast a year ago. Yeah, yeah, and that, and like, if you would ask me a year ago what I wanted to do in four years, be like, oh, you know, maybe get a promotion once. But now I'm like, I literally, am in a completely different path. So I should start goal setting, but I, I am thinking about my future. You know, if that makes sense. So I am like, okay, well, what do I have to do in order to get to this next point?
0: And look, I don't think you have to set goals. I don't set goals either. I feel like I was so achievement-oriented mm-hmm. growing up. That yeah. was like where I put all my worth. So I'm really trying to focus on the process more. It's a bummer when I feel like I don't have a concrete plan, but I think it allows me to feel happier throughout the days mm-hmm. to yeah. not be like, I got to
1: do this. Literally, yep, exactly. It's just like like live in the moment, like, mm-hmm. the, like you, that quote you just said. Um, just this moment. Wow, that like that could even I would get that tattooed somewhere. Yeah, and like I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah.
0: he's. I'll send you that episode. He's iconic. So going back to food, Mm -hmm. how do you? Yeah, love food. It's (laughs) the best.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So
0: I know from obviously my experiences with an eating disorder, it's really there's comments that come up, there's labeling on food, there's judgment, there's having bad body image days. Mm -hmm. How do you work through the tough times when they come?
1: I again. I feel like I'm just in a different spot of prioritizing my mental health where working out helps my mental health and that's why I do it. I've promoted my workouts, you know, where like I'm like, yep, going to the gym today. And then I've gotten comments. It's like, you're promoting an unhealthy life. So I'm like, because I'm going to the
0: gym. Yeah. And it's just like it's both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I just, everything works differently for everyone. But for me too, I know my limit where yesterday I was like, I even signed up for a class here and I was just, I had a really long day and I'm like, I need a moment to decompress before I, I continue on to the night. And so I just, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna take I'm gonna sit down and take a 30 minute nap instead of an hour long workout. You know, so I think it's just, you know, making sure you prioritize your mental health over it all has has really helped me with this healthy mindset.
0: There is a Mm -hmm. really unique take on like health in general right now. And I think there is this overlap. And you you alluded to it when you said like even just going to the gym can like trigger people as like you're a fitness influencer. And I see where they're coming from because the Here's another quote that's going to blow your mind. Um, We are replacing a beauty standard with a health standard that's just as fickle, just as unattainable, and just as out of reach for so many. That's by Aubrey Gordon. She's amazing. And it's basically saying how now it's like, okay, you can look however you want, but eat kale, eat carrots, work out five times a week. You always have to be doing this, this, this. And it's like the same message, but masked. And now you're being shamed like if you don't work out and you don't eat healthy. So that's, I think, where people come from is like, You know, when you see someone at the gym or whatnot, like the message isn't clear. However, I will say it is so important to move your body. And that's something I always try to talk about. I love working out. Someone messaged me, like, is all of your working out right now just because of the wedding? Like, be honest. I'm like,
1: no. "No." And I'm also, I don't need to tell you that. I hate hate that comment at the end. Be honest. It's like, no, I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it. Like, you, they're, you know, your people, you know, my coworkers, or whatever. But like, when you ask stuff like that, it's like,
0: right? To be when honest, they, it's like no. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like when they feel like you you have to share something because mm-hmm. you share other things. But yeah. to be honest, no. If anything, the timing has just been I. Feel, I don't feel great. I don't feel like I'm sweating. My heart no. rate's not rising. I don't mm-hmm. feel active. I don't feel strong. Mm-hmm. Those are the reasons why I want to work yeah. out. I don't mm-hmm. I don't weigh myself. I'm not doing like cardio burn. I'm just- the
1: last time I stepped on a scale. Yeah. That, that's where, That Same. was the most unhealthy, sorry to interrupt, but that was the most yeah. unhealthy part of my weight loss journey. I stepped on the scale twice a day. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't lose two pounds in a day, I was like, I'm done. Like the, or like, I just like, I would find a different solution. I was running six miles a day, at least eating 1200 calories. And I'm 6'5". You saw I'm a big guy. Yeah. That was like, it just, the scale, I think, for me, and I'm not a medical professional or anything, but the scale for me was my probably downfall. Same. With- the other side of my body dysmorphia so
0: I also have not stepped on in I think three years three and a half I was actually peeing at my mom's house the other day yeah, and she has a scale. and I remember thinking I was just thinking like I was was curious you know you're always just like a little voice comes Mm. in like "Hmm, I I wonder what it would be and yeah, yeah, it's like the dark side I'm like no No. it's the devil um, the devil on my shoulder oh my god I should do a TikTok bit on that
1: (gasps) that's perfect we should do (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go there you go so step on that's it hilarious. don't do it <laughs>
0: that's so funny yeah. oh my gosh yeah. so in healing your relationship with food i mean mm-hmm. i'm an intuitive eater like how mm-hmm. do you approach what you're eating then
1: yeah absolutely the thing before i started my one thing i'm grateful for my weight loss journey is obviously to you know just feel better and more confident but even then you know we can get into that um but like how to read a nutrition label i never i didn't know about serving size like the macro nutrients I was never taught because like, you're not taught that in health class and at least when I was there because it was you know you were an athlete or you weren't you were like running or you weren't and so now I can like look at a nutrition label or look at a plate of food and I'd be like okay so that's like chicken tenders and french fries but there is protein on the plate you know and actually TikTok has helped out a lot there's a couple um Dietitians. Dietitians are a good one. Well, right. they're all good. The, the anti-diet like, diet
0: dietitians.
1: Yes. Yes. Like Steph knew, Grosso. Yes. I love Love Steph. her. Yeah, she's great. She's amazing. She's the one that does um, she's like… She's the Cupernet. The Cupernet. Q- she does that Zac
0: Efron viral video. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But she also… Does she do um like, oh, well, you like pizza rolls? Well, here's how to make pizza rolls a more balanced meal. And she like still makes pizza rolls, but then she like makes a soup with Ooh. it. And, like, yeah. So I don't know if that's her though. But I did see a funny TikTok the other day. of Someone was like, here's how to eat at thanksgiving when you're losing weight and it was a nutritionist and then a dietitian stitch i love there's nothing better than like you can tell you like oh this someone's about to go in on this
0: yeah like like a shady stitch when you see the stitch on the bottom yeah exactly (laughs) and
1: she's like well as a registered dietitian you know instead of a nutritionist like just it was it was so fun to see but i forgot the question
0: so balance you focusing on like nutrition how your body feels
1: exactly how my body feels i i have a cheat day like Sunday was a cheat day you know I had a cheeseburger um,
0: but does the like, term you know. cheat day like trigger you
1: um, for me it doesn't at least because I know that it, for me cheat day is like my cheat day is like all in you know <laughs> like I do like big brunch you know all this stuff I think and cheat day usually also means for me it's like not working out you know and so I guess maybe I should change that word around but that's what I'm still using. Maybe you have advice on that.
0: Um, I mean, I definitely think any sort of risk. I mean, once so something before I even get into my answer here. Yeah. I am a fan of allowing people to navigate their own healing journey. Yep. And it's never going to be me to say, everyone needs to do this. You mm-hmm. have to do it my way. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that like, of course, if someone comes on here and is like, I am an intermittent faster and I like blah, blah, blah. And it sounds to me like just ridiculous no Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put that out there and I'm not going to support that but if someone is like I have found a healthy relationship with food and for me it works to compartmentalize it on Sundays I'm going to do this because Mm -hmm. then I have balanced throughout the week Uh, who am I to say Mm -hmm. I will say yeah like a term cheat day I guess for me makes it feel like you have been bad Mm -hmm. and it's like are you bad for having a big brunch I don't think so and then also because I'm a binger any Mm -hmm. restriction at all Mm -hmm. the slightest bit Mm -hmm. sends me into like a feast. Yep. So to me, like I just would be like, okay, this is a day where I ate more because I was enjoying my day and mm-hmm. I was relaxing and it's been a long week yep. and tomorrow I'll be more in tune with my body. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I would go yep.
1: through it. Got it. That makes total sense. Yeah. I guess like my, my point in saying that was just like, there are, I I recognize like how I feel waking up, you know, like I, I used to get to the point where I remember the first, when I was on my journey and like was really restricted with eating like unhealthy, my first big, cheat, but at that time it was like a cheat because I was restricting myself so much was the state fair and I woke up like sweating and you know it's just like, cause like my body wasn't used to that and all this stuff and then that's that was a moment for me where I'm like oh maybe like if I'm going to live my life I should be able to eat dairy and should be able to eat a piece of fried fruit food when I want to. So all that to say yeah I think it's just knowing how my body reacts to food and what my body needs in order to be productive because I do know to be honest I'm the kind of person where if I have a piece of pizza at lunch I'm going to be Toast the rest of the day. Just that's how my body reacts to it. You
0: mean just like physically you will yeah. feel sluggy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which
0: is fine. That's a feeling. Yeah, it has yeah. nothing to say about pizza and people who eat it. That's you recognizing. I'm yeah. the same one with Oreos. Yeah. I Oreo I love I love an Oreo milkshake. I love Oreo ice cream. But oh, so when good. I have the cookie, I just get nauseous. Oh wow. But I love
1: And they're vegan. <laughs> it's like,
0: there's, no and there's no
1: milk in them. No milk in them. Yeah, you're eating literally <laughs> with dairy and milk. <laughs> okay, I well, don't know yeah. why, but yeah. for some reason Oreos make me nauseous. Wow. But I eat other
0: cookies. It's it's not like mm. a, you know, so I yeah. I think it's fine to come in tune with your yeah. body. And if someone yeah. says, I love having salad because it gives me the oomph I need for XYZ, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I think just being in tune with your body and yeah. listening to your body is the most important. Yeah,
1: I think where I feel more an unhealthy relationship and try to not restrict, but try to be more smart about it is alcohol. Just because I was never a drinker growing up. Um, like in, in high school, I didn't party because I didn't have friends really. And then I had like a college I went kind of hard. And then, after I went through my weight loss, I just, my body reacted to it differently and I take it really quickly. So that's one thing that I have am kind of working through right now with a healthy relationship with. I'm not like, I don't, I usually only like drink on the weekends and all this, but it's just like my body just does not react well to it.
0: I so. think that's a great thing to realize and also to say, and that's something that's taboo too. Yeah. Talk about taboo. Like people It's taboo for people to feel comfortable talking about alcohol. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, my, my, I have alcoholism in my family too. So, that's just always something that's like looming too. You're like acutely aware of it. That's like a separate, I guess, like separate guilt that I have sometimes with it. But, but like, but no, but if I know my own body and I, you know, I, I love, I love the taste of wine. You know, it's not like I'm like drinking to get, you know, to, to my regrets away every night. It's just, I, have created an unhealthy relationship with alcohol because of like past family stuff. So it's just so crazy.
0: Yeah, I feel you on a spiritual level because I have alcoholism in my family as well. And I am like so not a drinker because mm-hmm. I think of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know if it's like just this disdain for the... Po- it's literally funny when you think about it. It's like literally like a poison. You just... Because it could if you drink enough, it kills you. But yeah. you just drink a little bit and it makes you feel kind of fun.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's this yeah. weird
0: thing where you're just like slowly... Uh wait what what's it called microdosing poison oh my god <laughs> um well, so
1: yeah and I so my newest thing is espresso martinis too and they just taste so good okay. and it feels they they're fire you up. the little glasses they all come in like the same kind of glass and I'm just like mm. yeah man, <laughs> it feels so cool drinking right. it yeah
0: <laughs> but even on like um a more basic scale yeah. I think for people to be cautious of like. It is, it is something when you go to the doctor's office and they say, write down how many times you drink. When you're in college, it's like, oh, uh, people write every day.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> And even more like recently too, it's like, you know, just that you are meeting new people. It's a social yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a social thing. And like, like I said, I'm meeting so many new, more new friends and it's just like, let's go grab a drink. You know, like that's the easiest thing to say. It's committal. You don't have to sit down for an entire meal. You can be, if it's not going well, 30 minutes in, 30 minutes out. But yeah, I'm realizing too that maybe I'm just, you know what, maybe I should try coffee you know or like try to do some like go for a walk with them or something instead of just let's find the nearest you know place to to grab a drink
0: right that's so true so with everything that you've got going on now what do you feel like keeps you grounded or is like an anchor in your life because there is so much commotion Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think an anchor for me is again just prioritizing my my own self my 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 mental health first my yeah like therapy is my anchor yeah.
0: What are some examples of the ways that like prioritizing yourself shows up every day?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, if someone, there's moments where I, if someone expects a certain level of communication from me that I can't give in that moment, I feel like I have to drop everything and give it. But I have been more open and just saying, hey, I can't do that. Another big one for me is plans. Like birthday parties, like I just, I can't, like every every person's birthday party I can't go to, you know, it's just because I have things going on during the week. If I'm feeling feeling overwhelmed and I know that if I attend plans and they're going to make me even more overwhelmed I am honest I'm just open I'm like hey feeling really overwhelmed today like I'm so sorry I can't make it tonight I'll make it up to you later and people have a hard time with that at first but I think down the line they accept the honesty and they know how to react to it differently
0: communication sounds like it's big Mm -hmm. for you then yeah
1: communication is it for me because I'm such a people pleaser it's my biggest anxiety is like am I I overcompensate with like Pushing more, which then turns into annoyance to some people. So that's why communication. I'm that's my biggest thing that I overthink, and it's the, the the biggest thing I'm prioritizing in myself too is working through how I communicate and how I can communicate with others. How I communicate.
0: I almost feel like too good recognizes good. Mm-hmm. So like if if you were to text me like I'm feeling emotional or X Y Z, I would just be like, okay, like that's awesome. Take your yeah. night, relax. Like yeah. I think when you find those people who like really understand. Mm-hmm then you're never going to have someone who's like passive-aggressively mad at you because you were feeling anxious and you couldn't come see 15 people in a crowded bar.
1: Yeah. I think that's... If we're flipping it back to the corporate world too, I think that's why it's so frowned on to, to be open about your mental health is because people view it as an excuse to not work. You know, but it's like... Or it's not an excuse to not work. It's literally, hey, do you want me to perform my best? Like... I need a moment, you know, like, so open communication, I feel like is really hard, which then turns it into even more burnout because people are internalizing their feelings, which they shouldn't have
0: to. And another word for that, that makes it probably more appealing to people is recovery. Mm -hmm. When you think about Olympians, they need to recover. You take recovery time, you Mm -hmm. take weeks, days off, Mm -hmm. your body needs to rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. People need that in the corporate world. If you're an artist, if you're a singer, you need rest, you Mm need time. But for some reason, with things like, a normal job, quote unquote, people are like, "Oh no, recovery doesn't exist."
1: It's so funny. I one of my corporate jobs was at a fitness, like for a fitness company, and that is when I was my most unhealthy after my weight loss. Like, I had a really unhealthy relationship with food. I was binge eating. I like didn't have time to work out because I felt this extra pressure to keep going. They would like hold it over our head, like if you want to work out, well, you have to, to work harder. And it's just like crazy how. You were so toxic. afraid to communicate. Like for me, I'm like, I, ha- I need this, you know, and just like toxicity. Yeah. Toxicity in the workplace is just, is crazy.
0: So overall now, do you feel like this is the happiest you've been from a mental health standpoint?
1: Um, I'm working through it. Yeah. Um, figuring it out. It's just different. It's just a different mental health standpoint. I feel like if I'm going to say happiest, not quite, but I'm fine with that too. You know, because I know that everything is a season you know, and things change and, and life changes. I feel like that's one thing even with social media is like there's an ebb and flow with everything. So that was one thing that's funny you bring that up because that was one thing I was working through a couple weeks ago is I'm not happy in certain parts of my life. And then it makes me sad even more. And I'm like, this is going to be it. But then you snap back to reality. It's like, okay, but also look how sad you were. And then you had like a come up, you know, it's like there's different valleys and mountains in your, in your life.
0: Well, this might make you... I don't know how this make, if this will make you feel some type of way. So in prep for this, I was listening to you on throwback, two solid sixes.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> and
0: at the time you were like, I think tonight I'm going to hit 200K oh on TikTok God. and I think 30K on IG. Oh my God. And wouldn't that Rod have just died yeah. if he knew where you would be now?
1: Oh my God. Just
0: shook. Like I would be the happiest ever. I remember thinking when I hit a million on TikTok, I'm going to be like the best day ever. Mm-hmm. And then you hit a million and it's like, well, am I gonna am I gonna go down to nine 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 nine? When yep. am I gonna go up to one point five? Yeah, you know, exactly. There's always the next thing. So mm-hmm. I think in the success, you slowly start to realize it's not the answer. No,
1: exactly. Yeah, like I feel like I'm checking my analytics now more than I was at that time with that route that you mentioned. So that's such good perspective. That, wow, that makes me happy. You should go back I, and listen to your yeah, old self. I should. I hate my voice. So yeah, <laughs> as I'm literally launching a podcast, <laughs> yeah. I was say you hate your voice. You have a podcast. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Yep.
0: Rod, this has just been the best ever. I I love you, you're like a spirit. Yeah. I'm sure That's everyone great. says you're their spirit animal, but you're just the best and you're the coolest. And thank you for taking the time to come on yeah. and having such an open heart.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Honored to host some of yes. those things that you've been wanting to talk about and yeah. in the community here at Real Pod, Like we feel so special that, you know, you feel like you can come do that. Yeah. And I'm just rooting for you and all thank your you. success. Yeah, thank
1: you. Can't wait for you to be on my pod.
0: Oh, yeah. I would love to. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie. Share the love. Share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every. Single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or a review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.